Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me to the Psalms 100, please. Psalms 100. Begin a mini-series today on the blessing and the power of giving thanks. The blessing and the power of giving thanks. When you give thanks to the Lord, something happens in the spirit realm. There is action that is initiated through the giving of thanks that is not initiated any other way that we know of. I want us to to look briefly today at three things that are initiated by the giving of thanks. By the way, for those of you who think that worship ought to always um, just be sterile and quiet, and and Psalm 100 is an eye-opener to you, I would think. Beginning with verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now watch this, verse 4. Remember that this is symbolic in the Old Testament times of a a gate that entered into the place where there was the worship of the Father. And then after you got through the gates in the courtyard, uh, there, there there were those courtyards before you got to that place that symbolized the very place of the residence of God, the Holy of Holies. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Something happens in the... When you begin... To get into a place of thanksgiving, then you get into the presence of God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How often are our prayers filled with our petitions instead of initiated with thanksgiving? We ought always start our prayer with thanksgiving. You know, one of the greatest ways I've ever found to get my day started is to pray Psalm 103, the first few verses. I want you to say this with me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving all my iniquities, healing all my diseases, redeeming my life from destruction, crowning me with loving kindness and tender mercy, and satisfying my life with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. 
Psalm 103, bless the Lord, give him thanks. What happens? Father God is divinely attracted to the giving of thanks. It initiates the attention of God. When you start giving thanks, it gets God's attention. Enter into his gates. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Well, pastor, if everything would change a little bit, then I'd start thanking. Start thanking and maybe everything will change a little bit. We got it backwards. And I want to tell you something. When we begin to get burdened and totally absorbed with our own issues and problems and hurts, we tend to lose our perspective. And we tend to think that the whole world revolves around our pain. And you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't care. He does. He deeply cares. But when we enter, when we enter His gates with thanksgiving, that thanksgiving is an attention getter for God Almighty. It's right there in the Scripture. Notice what it also does. It clears up our perspective. It reminds us about what is truth. Um, verse 3 says, know that the Lord is, He is God. He has made us. Everybody say, I didn't make myself. We're His people. The sheep of His pasture. How many of you know you're not a victim? You're a created and redeemed in the image and likeness of God. It helps us get a better perspective. And I want you to notice when you begin to give thanks and, and praise, verse 5 says, be thankful, verse 4, be thankful to him and bless his name. Here's why. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. How many of you know that we can get so absorbed in our own circumstances and the difficulty and pain of them that we sometimes forget that God is good? Thanksgiving and praise is a reminder that we have a good God. If all you judge God by is the circumstances and pain of this world, then you're not going to be observing the truth. The truth about God is the Word of God. He is good. All His intentions towards you are good. When you begin to give thanks, you begin to clear your perspective of all the clutter that accumulates in your mind that somehow God is not all good. God is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Now I want you to turn with me over to the New Testament, to the book of Mark. I've got four passages there, but I think we're going to go to the book of Mark. And uh, I will draw some from the other gospel accounts about this particular occasion, about the power of thanksgiving. Sooner or later in your life, you're going to have circumstances that are way bigger than you. Sooner or later, and you might be in them right now, you're going to be facing impossible-looking situations. It may be in your finances. 
may be in your health. It may be in your relationships. It may be in any challenge that you may have. Personal business, it doesn't matter. Sooner or later, you're going to get to a place to where your assignment is far greater than your ability. We read about this in the life of Jesus in all four of the Gospels, but let's begin reading in verse 30 of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. The apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had, been, what they had taught. He had sent them out in his name. And Jesus said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. The disciples were swamped, as well as Jesus. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. The multitudes, throngs of people, saw Jesus and the disciples departing. Many knew, knew about him and ran on foot from all the cities in the area. They arrived before Jesus and the disciples could get there, and they surrounded him. Verse 34, And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. You know, I'm not so sure that would have been my motive. If I was that weary, I would have probably thought, oh, no, not this. He was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, the disciples came to him and they said, this is a deserted place. The hour is late. Send them away, Lord, that they may go to the surrounding country and cities and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? That a denarii was about a day's wage. And I'm not sure what it means in modern Western currency, but it was a lot of money. Shall we go buy? I mean, if you got to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, you're going to need a lot of money to buy it, right? Should we go and buy it? Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, this ministry's broke. We don't have any money. We've got to go raise some. I better get off that. What they were saying was, you want us to spend the money for this. We got it. Do you want us to spend it for this? Shall we go and buy it? Now, that's an interesting verse, isn't it? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five loaves, two fish. He commanded them to sit down in groups of green grass. They sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, watch this, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them 
to the disciples and set before them. They all ate, they were all filled, and took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. All kind of leftovers. Now let's think about this for just a minute. Another one of the passages, when you read in John sometimes, you see that when Jesus said, you give them something to eat, the Word says He already knew what He was going to do. How did Jesus already know what He was going to do? The Bible says, Jesus said, I only say what I hear my, I only do what I see my, so Jesus had been impressed by the Father, this is what I want you to do, I want you to feed, I want to feed all these, and I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. It was God working through His Son. But I want you to notice the first thing that Jesus said, the disciples said, there is no way. What about you today? What do you look at and what, what voice is rising up in you that says, there is no way, no way, no way. Notice the first thing Jesus said was, what do you have? Do you know when you've got a massive need, the greatest tendency you have is to focus on how big the need is. It's to focus on what you don't have rather than what you do have. An amazing thing. Jesus said, okay, let's start by find out what you have. What do you have? Five pieces <laughs> Five pieces of bread and two little fish. And that was brought by a kid that his mother packed his lunch for. And we got 5,000 men here. The disciples said, what is that among so many? That was what is recorded in the Word. What is that? What are you going to do with that? Whatever you're facing today that doesn't seem like enough, maybe the Lord would say to you, here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to stop focusing on what you don't have, and I want you to find out what you do have. What do you have? Now, wait a minute. What do you have? Look at all the assets that you have. Look, look at what's on the have column. What do I have? And don't just focus on material, financial assets. Focus on the ability that God has given you. Focus on the health God has given you. Focus on the relationships God has given you. There's a whole lot of assets that you have that doesn't, you don't think it's going to be enough to meet your need. But God says the first thing I want you to do is find out what you do have. And when you find out what you do have, it's going to look like nowhere nearly enough to satisfy the need. But I still want you to find out what you do have. Here's why. Because I'm about to use what you do have, and I'm about to do something with what you do have that I've chosen to bring about your breakthrough. 
And so what we read was that this, these five loaves and two little fish were gathered from that massive crowd. And the first thing Jesus did was look to heaven saying, God, my Father, this is up to you. I've put on human flesh, and I'm obeying you. I can't do it, but you can. And so I am saying to you, here it is. Here's what we have, and I give you thanks. Begin to give thanks and begin to praise and bless the name of his Father. And then he began to give thanks, and he blessed what was available to him. How long has it been since you've sat down and figured out what is in? Bring that checking account. Bring whatever you got. Bring all your assets. Bring your physical help. Bring your children. Bring your job. Bring your talents. Bring them and start blessing them. God, you gave them to me. I bless you for them. In the name of Jesus, use whatever you've given me, however you choose to do it. Stop holding on to that little sack lunch and give it to the Lord and let him bless and multiply it. There is no way that will ever be. You have got to look to the one from heaven who can make all things, who can multiply what little is in your hands, let it go, bless it. Give him thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything. How much is everything? In everything, give thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18 doesn't say for everything. Some things are evil. God is good. Oh, how he gets blamed for everything evil. In everything, whatever circumstance or situation you're in, give thanks to the only one who can resolve it, to the only one who is God Almighty, to the only one who can take those fragments and feed a multitude. Begin to bless and to give thanks and to offer what you do have. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I don't have anything. I doubt that. Ask the Lord what he wants to do. But notice, listen, notice that the miracle was initiated by the giving of thanks. Don't stay paralyzed wondering, what am I going to do? Begin to give thanks that God's already got that figured out. The Lord is going to already get, He's already working in the hearts and minds of men to give favor to you. Give Him thanks. Bless His name. Don't be absorbed with the need. Be absorbed with the supplier. giving thanks, and blessing his name. You can read these passages for yourself. The Holy Spirit will give you insight. But the disciples were never the same after that. 
when they saw this mighty, mighty miracle, it made an indelible impression on them. Even though in their humanity they wavered, they came back strong. And I am convinced that something that was in their inner man that they will never forget. Can I ask you something? In today's challenge, have you stopped and gone back and remembered yesterday's intervention? How has God come through for you countless times in the past? Have you thought a little bit about how he has come through for you in the past? I believe that the disciples always remembered what happened on that day we just read about. God has done mighty and miraculous things for every one of us in this room today. Sometimes when you get into today's issues, you forget yesterday's intervention. Remember yesterday's intervention. Make that part of your thanksgiving and praise. Bless his name. Focus your attention on the provider, not the need. Amen. That should be something that we all need to remember about our country. Are you listening? It's easy with all the voices we hear, and in this day and age of media and social media, it's so easy to get caught up in strife. It's so easy to get caught up in all the clamor of the day and the age. Always remember this. There's no substitute for honoring the God of freedom. God can turn the hearts and the minds and the wills, read Daniel, of not only this nation, but all nations. Always remember this. You can disagree with somebody, but there is no, no room if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, there is never room for hating or despising or condemning another human being. There is no room for racial, political, any kind of prejudice in the heart of somebody who names the name of Jesus. No room. None. No room for us to just glory in the good old days. We need to pray for God's intention to come to pass on this earth and in this nation today. Today. I want to tell you something. There is something that smells verbally like a civil war brewing in this country. The key to the resolution of it is you. You're the key. We mean by that, Pastor? God has always changed nations by a remnant, a stump, a small group of people who are committed to Him and His righteousness and the kingdom of God and its operation. Always. That you are the answer in your spirit and attitude toward God. 
many, many, many years ago, almost 30 now. The Holy Spirit spoke to me one day in discipline. He really corrected me. And he said, you're going to stop the flow of your blessing. You're going to stop your personal blessing. You're going to stop the blessing of your ministry if you don't stop criticizing those who are in places of authority. I told you in my word that all who are in places of authority are to receive one thing from you, and that is prayer. Prayer. I don't want you to have to go through that correction that I went through, but I got it fast. And I stopped it, and God has blessed me mightily, mightily. I want you to bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Pray that we would be good stewards of the freedom that you've given all of us that we would never take it for granted. How we bless you today. We pray that you do a mighty work in our land. We humble ourselves, Lord. We repent of our sin. We ask you to restore this nation to its heart and soul of being a God-fearing nation where the love of God, the righteousness of God, the protection of Almighty God saturates our land. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Look forward to seeing you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.